Father, we thank you for your presence that is in this room. Not a moment goes by in our lives that you are not present. You are always with us. And no matter what is happening in our lives in this moment right here, right now, we know that you are making a way where there is no way. And for that, we honor you today, right now. As a family, as a church, as a community that loves you, we honor you today, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Thank you, team. Thank you, Ben. You can have a seat. Can we have the lights on so I can see my beautiful people? It's good to be in the house of God today. I love fathers. Fathers are awesome. I love my earthly dad, earthly dad, uh, physical dad, uh, and my spiritual father, um, my earthly mom, physical mom, and my spiritual mom. Uh, Really powerful to have, you know, the one thing that my spiritual father said to me is that he would father us as long as we remain raw. But raw doesn't mean rebellion. I realized that in that statement, there was more smoothening out that happened in my life than actually me remaining in the mindset of being raw. Kelsey and I are very grateful for our physical parents and our spiritual parents. And there is a blessing of the Lord to those who honor their parents. And um, right, so are you ready for the word? Awesome. We're on a series uh, called Mystical Community, and uh, it's a phenomenal series so far. Uh, are you blessed by it? Yeah. Awesome. So don't, if, if you're here for the first time or if you have not heard me speak, don't get freaked out by the word mystical. Uh, mystical means, it's not something spooky, it just means that it's a mystery. And Jesus says that it has been given to you for you to understand mysteries. So if you're in the kingdom of God and you are part of this family, it is your right in the kingdom of God to understand mysteries. And so we're understanding a mystical community called the church. What is the church really? What is it, what it is, what it's about and what is its purpose and who we are and what do we do? What, why do we come here? Why do we gather together? Why do we do what we do? And I really believe that once we're done with this series, that you will be fully equipped to not only go to church, but also be the church. Amen. So, most of us, if not all of us, did not have a choice as to which family we were born in. Did you have a choice? And if you believe that God is the creator, God is the giver of life, then being in a family is a divine connection. Because you did not choose. He chose it for you. In fact, even your spiritual family You thought you came, you decided to come to this church today. 
But God, Scripture says that even before the foundation of the world, I knew you and destined you to be a part of my spiritual family. So which means the church that you're a part of, the the kingdom of God that you're part of, the church of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ that you're a part of, wasn't even your decision. It's a divine connection. So today the title of my message is? Very good. (laughs) Divine connection. So growing up, I, when I was growing up, I've grown up. When I was growing up, I um, always dreamt of being a musician, uh, dreamt of being a singer. I wanted to be a singer. I wanted to be an entertainer. Uh, I wanted to be a communicator of some sorts uh, because I really felt like I had something to give uh, to people. How many of you have dreamt dreams like that? You wanted to become a lawyer, you wanted to become a doctor, engineer, pilot, president, whatever, you know, that you dreamt of. Did you do it for money when you were growing up? So I grew up with this frame of mind that I wanted to learn how to play an instrument and I wanted to sing and I wanted to communicate and then God took me and he put me in a family. And when I was in my family, I did not only choose to play music and, you know, learn how to communicate. My mom and dad made choices for me that caused me to now wash the dishes. But I wanted to be a musician. I wanted to be a singer. I wanted to be an entertainer. I wanted to make, I wanted to make, I wanted to make people happy. I wanted, I wanted to see the joy on their face. I, want, I wanted to make them dance. But then my mom and dad told me, go get the hall ready for church. Go swap the floor. Go do the dishes. Come help mom in the kitchen to cut the vegetables and the meat and, and go to buy groceries. And I'm like, growing up, you know, we think that, listen, my mom and dad don't know what they're doing. I am, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to be great someday, but this moment right now, I've got to suffer here and then one day I will be, have my own way and I will do my own thing. <laughs> Little did I know that in this divine connection with my mom and dad, God was teaching me to be faithful with the little things. He was teaching me to be disciplined so that I can become a disciplined musician. When my mom and dad, for most of you might know, my mom and dad are pastors and, and we grew up in a church environment and I did not want anything to do with ministry, really. I just wanted to make people laugh. I wanted to play music and I want to have fun. That was what I wanted to do in my life. But my mom and dad would say, go and clean the floor, get it ready, put the chairs in place, come and play music in the church. Come and play alongside your dad and, 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 and support him 
while he's leading worship so that one day you can start leading worship. And I, I was like, no, this is not what I want to do. I want to do, I want to play music. And, and every time my, that an opportunity would come my way where I would have a, a chance to go out and play music, you know, my parents would, out of protection, would say, he's not ready yet. And I never understood it. But God was preparing me for a family. See, it's a divine connection. It may not look like where your dreams are taking you, but it's preparing you for what God has in store for you. See, I might not have become a, an entertainer like, you know, like what you people in the secular world where they make money out of entertaining people. I may not have become an entertainer. I can if I want to. But somehow my choices, as I matured, my choices changed from this is my dream to this is his dream. See, even when I came to Dubai and I was, you know, serving, I came from my father's church and I was serving in churches here. I, 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 I you know, never wanted to do anything in, in ministry. You must understand, I was happy just serving, leading worship, just doing all of that stuff, preach one message in eight or nine years. I've thought that I would be something else rather than what God has in store for me. And some of us might be in that place today. You might have had dreams about your life, but those dreams seem to be fading only because you're rejecting the process that you're in today. Some of us might be not recognizing the divine connections that God has placed in our life and around us only because it does not look like where God is leading me to do what he's created me to do. Might look like sitting in a chair and listening to a guy speak even though you feel you have something to say and something to add value. But see, God has brought you into a family and he's connected you with a spiritual family so that one day you could be groomed for his purpose, not just your purpose, his purpose. See, God is the one who gives you the dream. God is the one who gave me the dream to become a singer and, and a musician and a communicator. God is the one. But he chose the process of how I became who I became today. See, divine connections is not really about where you land up and what you get out of it. Divine connections is honoring the process that God is taking you in today, right here, right now. Recognizing that it may, may not look like what I want to end up doing, but actually, I'm honoring it and honoring the connections that God has placed me in. Because as I begin to recognize the connections now, I begin to recognize His purpose for my life rather than my purpose for my life. See, I might have only thought that, you know, I want to entertain people and I want to play music and, and learn and earn some money and I'll be happy and I'll be free and all that kind of stuff and jam with the boys and, and do all of that. But God had another plan. You can do that, John. You can do that and you can have fun and jam with the boys. But there's a greater purpose to what I'm calling you to do. You will come and you will jam with the boys and I will come when you jam with the boys and then I'll bring some people into a room and they will come and jam with the boys and then there will come a point in time where 
all these people, you on stage will vanish and then I will become the objection of their heart. See, we think that we, God has a plan and purpose for our lives and yes, He does. But how He fulfills that plan and purpose for your life is not determined by you and me. He determines it. Some may say, well, I chose where I'm at today. But the question I have for you is, are you fully submitted to your Heavenly Father? I don't regret the choices my parents made for me. I really don't. I don't regret the choices that the pastors made over my life that I submitted to when I even did not understand why they would just say, John, don't do hours of spontaneous worship, just sing the songs on the wall. I did not know why. I thought, I thought well, this guy doesn't like spontaneous worship and, and I, he doesn't like me and all that kind of stuff. But I had to go through a process of realizing that, that I am, it's not about me. It's about God and his people. It's about people singing the same lyric at the same time and engaging with his heart. It's about that. Can you facilitate it? Till then, you'll be in that process. You must understand, it took me eight or nine years to understand that I was in a process. But God used the connections in my life, my little home, my family, my sisters and my mom and dad. He used that connection to call out the, the divine nature of Abba Father in me. And then he took me out of the house and he brought me into different environments to groom me, to develop in me the aspect of who he is that is needed in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, you, what you're going through today is not a mistake. It's a strategic plan by your heavenly father to transform you into his image and likeness. See, the world does not need another human being. There are tons of them. The world needs your heavenly father. That's who your father, that's what your father wants to release into the world. And by saying that God has brought you to experience divine connections, it means that you are in a place amongst a group of people that is calling not just out of the, uh, the best out of your life, but is calling God out of your life. So honoring the divine connections honors the process that transforms you into the image and likeness of God. So the process that you're going through today, even though it may be painful, I want to encourage you that God is bringing His nature out of you. He's bringing His power out of you. He's bringing His authority out of you. And the minute we start rejecting it because I don't like it, I don't understand it, I don't like these people, but God's the one who put you there. I don't like that personality. Sure, you don't. But why don't you like that personality? What is that personality bringing out of you? So we're going to recognize that today. Are you okay? I would love for you to open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Somebody say love. 
1 Corinthians chapter 13. Now, everybody knows this chapter because it's most of the time it's read at weddings. Right? But everything that is written here is not really about weddings. When you're getting married, it's a celebration, isn't it? But when you read it, it's like love suffers long and is kind. That's not sort of blessing. <laughs> Talking about suffering. What are you trying to say, priest? That I'm going to be, I'm going to suffer? Love does not envy. What up? Dude, man, I've dreamed of this moment. Are you telling me that I'm going to envy? So completely out of context, right? When they use it for weddings, it's completely out of context. But they're trying to imply that this is what your marriage is going to be like. And it's, a, it's, a, it's more of a correction and, a, and setting you up so that you don't, uh, you know, get angry and you don't, you're not envious and you're kind and you're gentle. They're setting you up. So it's awesome. Okay, we, we use it. We use it. But today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to encourage you around the scripture in a little different way. Okay? Right. So I want you now to, well, let's read from verse 8. And it says this, love never fails. Say that. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Is this in your Bible? Love never fails, but where, whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. All right, now, he starts off by saying, love never fails. In, in the other translations, it means that love never gives up, love never lets you down, and you know, you can go through the translations, and it, it pretty much means the same thing, love never fails. But when you look at this verse 8, where he says, <clears throat> let me read it again. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. So a majority of what we do in the church today is about prophesy prophesying over one another. It's about speaking in tongues, whether it's right or wrong, whether it's of the Spirit or not of the Spirit. We have these discussions. And whether the knowledge of God is being released. And all of these things he says will vanish away. But what remains is love. So the context of really what he's talking about is actually starts in chapter 11 where he's talking about the Lord's body and the blood. And he's talking about the, Lord body, the Lord's body is broken for you. And, and then he goes on to talk about gifts in the church. He's talking about prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, you know, helps, administration, all that kind of stuff. And he says there's diverse gifts in the body of Christ, but it's all one body. There's various of gifts, there's various of expressions in the, in the same body, but they're all one body. So you might be brought into a body that has different expressions, but it's one body. But he's saying when you are when your Christian life, your walk with God is about the expressions of the gifts, you are still incomplete. 
It's only one aspect of it. Because love is what really completes all of us. Love is really what perfects us. Now when I'm talking about love now, I am not talking about you. When we read through this passage and we say love never fails, if you're thinking I've got to love somebody, you're still under the law. I'd like to submit to you that he's talking about love, not failing, not you. Look, he says in chapter 12 and verse, verse 12, he says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so is also Christ. That's super mystical, isn't it? Then he goes on to say, For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Then he says in verse 18, he says, But now God has set, look at this, God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. So every divine connection that God has placed you in, he, it pleases him that you are there. Whether you like it or not, he is pleased by it. Whether you agree with it or not, he is pleased by it. Because he placed you there. So the process of the wilderness is not according to God's timing. It's according to your timing. I hope you understand what I'm saying. The process of you coming out of the wilderness into experiencing the promised land for your life is not God's. The duration of it is not, the 40 years is not God's timing. You decide how much you value the connections that God has placed, the members that God has placed in the very body that He's called you to be a part of. The longer you decide, the longer you take to recognize that this is your body, you will go through the process. Oh, come on now. Then he goes on to talk about, and God had, in, in verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and members individually, and God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administration, varieties of tongues. Are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. Do all have gifts of healing? No. Do all speak with tongues? No. Do all interpret? No but earnestly desire the best gifts and yet I show you a more excellent way. What is that way? He goes on to say this. 13 chapter, verse, chapter 13 verse 2. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all the mysteries and all knowledge and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains but do not have love. Here's what he says. I am nothing. If you have love, you are everything. So which means love is somewhere and it comes into you. 
You don't decide now. I love. Because you're still under the law. See, in a grace environment, the minute you make a decision to do something out of your own strength, then you've come under the works of the law. But in a grace culture, in a, in, in a culture of grace, the minute you are now observing love loving someone, now you're in grace. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Let me, let me, let me submit this to you. The Bible says that it is no longer I, ego, who lives, but Christ who lives in me. It's no longer I. You stepped out of the picture now. But Christ now lives in you. Just think about what I'm saying right now. When he says love never fails, he's not talking about you not failing. He's saying love, Christ, his love that dwells in you will never fail you nor the community that God has placed you in. Isn't that amazing? It's a grace gift. You don't have to work hard for it. You don't have to work hard to love people. Oh my God, I'm suffering, but I want to love these people. I, can't, I, 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 I don't want to shout at people, but I have to smile and be nice. And No, no. <laughs> you can't pretend to love somebody. You can't put it on and put it off. Today I'm happy, tomorrow I'm not happy. No, no, love has, you don't exist. Everyone around you experiences love working in and through your life. Isn't that amazing? He says this, For we know in part and prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, what is that that he's talking about? He's talking about love. But what is that, that word that? It's this. Love suffers long and is kind. Are you with me? Are you with me? Are you sure? When he says in verse 9, for we know in part and we prophesy in part, he's talking about you operating in the gifts. And the gifts are revealing your identity to you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Verse 10, but when that which is perfect has come. What is that which is perfect has come? Which means there is a moment in your walk with God, there is a moment in your life where you go from operating in the gifts. I want to be a musician. I want to be a singer. I want to be this. I want to be that. I want to do this. I want to do that. And you focus your entire life on developing. I want to be MBA and I want to be BBA and CDA and all of that kind of stuff. I want to have all the A's and all the certificates and all that kind of stuff. I want to be fully qualified to be used of God. And God takes all of that and he says, okay, that was all incomplete. And then he says, okay, I'm going to complete you now. I'm going to be the very thing that you need, the world needs, the perfection that the world needs. You're looking to complete yourself, but let me complete you now. And then he says this, love suffers long. This part, I understand. The second part is hard. Look, it's okay, we're imperfect, right? I mean, you know, It says, love suffers long 
And the second part, and is kind. See, that part, I don't get. He says, love suffers long. Okay, I can, I've done endurance training. I can suffer. I have the ability to suffer. I can suffer, suffer, suffer. But while I'm suffering, why do I have to be kind? <laughs> but see, while you're suffering, right? You're technically not suffering. Because love is suffering. And while love is suffering on your behalf, it's also kind to the community that God has placed you in. You can clap if it's a good word. I, I don't need it, but you can clap for yourself. Yeah, yeah. I said this, love suffers long and is kind. Who's this? Love. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Like I've read this stuff and I've come under extreme condemnation. I was like, man, this list, I fail this list almost every day. Come on, am I the only one? <laughs> like if, I, if I'm, okay, let's just say Kelsey and I are having a, a, a heated discussion. And, uh, and uh, okay, fine, we, we've matured now to uh, suffer along with one another. But then my dogs also start persecuting me at the same time. So I, I pass here, but I fail here. And then I go to church and then these people also start now. And then I'm going to work and on the way to work, this guy in the car also does the same thing. Come on, is it just me? Or you also, yeah. I said this only so that we can all relate to what I'm talking about. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not parade itself. Love, love does, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, thinks no evil. Wow. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Wow, this part is amazing. Love bears all things. Whew, my goodness. Believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And then he goes on to say, love never fails. But he's not talking about you and me. He's talking about the grace gift called love. And, but the goodness of God that when you go through the cross, not you hanging on the cross, but you understand what I mean. When you go through the cross and you come out on the other side, you receive because of righteousness and justification. Now you stand before God ready for something to be deposited in you. What is that? Love. See, maturity in the kingdom of God looks like this. That you now begin to recognize love operating in your life. Maturity is not you making a decision to love those who hate you. You can try and try and try, but your humanity will fail you. But with the day you submit to love within you, this love that lives within you, now you begin to see love loving all those who hate you. That's maturity in the kingdom of God. And he says in verse 11, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. 
and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put these childish things away. Now he's talking about him. He's not talking about love. So which means when a person who is an adult acts like a child, there's an issue with their thinking and how they understand. But when does a man become a man? He doesn't decide, today I'm a man. That's when you need the divine connections around you. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason why you put childish things away, what is he comparing the childish things to? He's comparing the childish things to prophecy that is incomplete, gifts, your identity that is formed by your gifts, your talents, your all that stuff. I am a musician. No, you're not a musician. You're a son of God. Two different things. Oh. You're not a banker. You're a son of God. You're not a lawyer. You're a son of God. You spent a majority of your life trying to become something when you were already a son of God. And verse 12 says this, For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Why do we see in a mirror dimly? Is because when we operate according to our identity, our gifting, our ability to communicate, our ability, this is who I am, and you, you, you're seeing the purpose that God has for your life dimly. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking about divine connections. There's something that shifts on the inside of an individual's heart when they stop looking at themselves according to what they want, what they need, and what they desire. To what the Father wants, what the father needs, what the father desires for that life. There's a shift that takes place. What's that shift? It's called the deposit of love. The deposit of love causes you now to shift from a place of making, coming to the church to receive something to coming to the church to give something. It's a shift. Something shifts on the inside of you. I'm a musician. I'm, a, I'm gifted. I'm, I'm an artist. I'm a creative person. I'm coming to the church because, you know, I want to receive something. I want, I want to show off my talents and I want to show, I want to make a difference in the world. Yeah, sure, you can do that. That's not a problem. There's a process for it. It's called childish ways. But then suddenly something shifts on the inside of you. What is that? Love is deposited on the inside of you. Now you don't care about a stage. You don't care about a platform. You don't care about where you are, which country you're in, which life group you're part of who the coolest people in the church are, what kind of shoes you wear. It does not matter. What matters is I'm beginning to recognize love operating in my heart. I'm beginning to recognize love responding to the Father. It is no longer I, but love is beginning to respond to the Father. Love is saying yes to God without even asking me permission. 
Oh, come on now. I hope you understand what I'm saying. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but listen to this, but then I shall know just as I also am known. Listen to the language very carefully. Now I know in part, but then I shall know. Say shall know. Just as I also am known. Ladies and gentlemen, the divine, the purpose of divine connections in your life is really to be the mirror to reveal to you your identity in Christ. See, when you are looking at your life according to the lens of your own life, you will see it very dimly. But when you enter into a divine connection like this, you enter into a divine connection like your life group, you enter into a divine connection like the worship team and the, and the ushering team and all the, the Connect Hub and all these teams, you're, you're around people, you're around the, the community that God has placed you in, now you don't walk around as somebody. You allow those people now to reveal who you really are. Divine connections, ladies and gentlemen. See, but then I shall know just as I also am known. See, when you and I begin to mature in the kingdom of God and you begin to recognize love operating through your life, you will begin to know that God has brought me into a community of people. Listen to me very carefully now. God has brought you and I into a community of people that are reflectors of who I am. So if the people in your life, the people in your church, the people in, you know, on the road, in your company, in your business, if people are upsetting you, if you're getting upset with people, if you are like, I, I don't like these people, I don't trust these people, I, 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 they, they, the way they act, the personalities, the type, oh God, I don't even know why I am in this family, I don't even know why I am, God brought me here. Ladies and gentlemen, that community is reflecting your heart to you. It's nothing wrong with the community. They're just reflecting your heart to you. But there's something that takes place when you start maturing and you begin to see love operating in and through your life. The community that you don't agree with, you don't even like, somehow your response to them is full of love. Come on now. The people that you disagreed with all of a sudden, one day, you don't care what their opinion is. You don't care what your opinion is. You just love them. In fact, you'll celebrate diversity. You don't care what gender wars is and whether it's Republican or Democrat or whatever. You just love people. You just love the nation. You just love the city that God has placed you in. You love the church that God has placed you in only because 
love is beginning to operate in and through your life. And that community around you is beginning to reflect like a mirror. They're beginning to reflect love. All of a sudden you realize, man, these people really love me. No, actually what those people are doing is reflecting that love in you is loving them. And then love in them is loving you. A lot of the times I've heard this in church so many times. I don't trust these people. I don't like these people. No, no, no. The reason why you don't trust them is because you don't trust yourself. The reason why you have no worth in the people that you're sitting next to is because you have a low self-worth in your life. Because the minute you have a high value for the gift of love that is on the inside of you and what God is doing in and through your life, you will begin to... You, love will not even ask you for permission, but you begin to love the people around you. We always want people around us to change. We don't take the responsibility to change ourselves. It's a good word, Tony. That was a good word. <laughs> we want the world to change. Forget that the world changes by you changing first. I want to experience love in the church. I went from church to church and I searched and searched and searched and I never found love. And the reason why is because love, you could not recognize love. It's not your fault. It's not, you can't be blamed. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't be blamed. If you were looking for a community that loves you, you can't be blamed. It's because you've never had a revelation that love exists on the inside of you. And you've never taken the time to get to know this person called love. And you've never allowed love to never fail you. See, I love our community. You know, I love our worship team. You don't know the struggles that they go through just before they lead worship. The lyrics had gone off the screen. They could not have lyrics there. They, were, they could not hear themselves. Tony had no in-ear monitors. There's so many. We're hard-pressed for time to set this thing up. But why do they do what they do? It's love. But what are you experiencing when you walk through these doors? It's not an awesome singer and, and musicians and sound guys and all that kind of stuff. What you're experiencing is love manifesting to you. And Jesus in the Gospels was asked, what is the greatest commandment, Jesus? And he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, all your strength. You shall love. He's not even saying that you loving God is up to you. Because sometimes our love, our expression of love is conditional when I have a testimony that God has done something good in my life. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! But when I need a breakthrough, there's no love. There's lots of prayer requests. 
And there's a lot of groaning and anger. God, why did you leave me and leave me alone? And why, where am I in this wilderness? And we create this dynamic in our relationship with God when if you could understand, just rest. Just rest in God's love and allow the love of Christ within you to respond to the Father. And watch how the Father and the Son love each other in you. That's when you'll realize that the commandment, fulfilling the commandment is really not up to you. Because if it was up to you and me, we'd fail these commandments all the time. In a grace culture, ladies and gentlemen, loving God and loving people is not up to us. Come on now. We've always been taught, you shall love the Lord your God. But you don't understand the way Paul has defined love, this gift of love, and what love does. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and love suffers long even when God has placed you in a position that you don't like. Love suffers long. And we think, God, I am suffering in this season for you. No, it's not you. Love is suffering in this season for you. It's not you who's wearing the mask. Love wears the mask. Have you ever wondered when you read the blessings of the Lord that come in fulfilling the commandments, these phenomenal blessings, Jesus takes all of those things and makes them only into two. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. If you don't recognize how much love loves you, you will not recognize when your neighbor loves you. You will not recognize the labor of love that goes into doing what we do when you walk into these rooms. The sleepless nights, the plans, all of that stuff. What, where, where does that come from? It comes from love. It's love. Love is suffering. See, look, you can call people up here right now. I can call Sean, give him a mic and say, prophesy over people and pro he'll prophesy. I can call Vivian up, give words of knowledge. She'll give words of knowledge. It's not a problem. But you walk away receiving knowledge that can fail. You can receive a prophecy that can fail. You can have people pray for you because they have the gift of healing and you can not get healed. But then there's something that shifts when love prays. For your healing completely shifts when love gives you a prophetic word when love gives you a word of knowledge when love begins to bring you in to an atmosphere of connecting you to the divine see you must understand that you and I all of us in this room are all rooted and grounded in the divine we Connect with one another because we are connected to the divine. If it was up to us, we wouldn't make the choice to be here today. 
But because we are connected to the divine, the divine is the one that brings us into a room like this. The divine is the one that, that causes us to yearn for one another. Long for times and moments and seasons where we can fellowship with one another and love one another. And allow love to love through us. Ladies and gentlemen, the community that God has placed you in is the mirror that develops you into who God is creating you to be. You need a community around you. You need your life group. Look, you might say, well, you know, life group has shifted from a Saturday now to a Tuesday and it's a working day and I've got work the next day and all that kind of stuff. And you're saying, basically what you're saying is, look, the blessings on your life are not important to me. The blessings that are on my life, not important to me. But you go to God and you say, well, God, I'm connected to God and God has blessed me. Sure, the manifestation of those blessings Please listen to me very carefully. The manifestation of those blessings are tied in with how much love you have for the people that are in your community. The people that are in your life group. The people that are in your church. You must understand it's no joke. The minute you say, I'm not going to go to life group because I want to chill. I want to rest. I want to watch a movie. It's about me, 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 me. The minute you make it about that, now you're saying, I don't care about God blessing you. Because see, the blessings of the Lord, the, um, the manifestation of those blessings happen when you come into a place where you understand, I am now here to give love to somebody. I'm here now to receive love from somebody. And it is in that giving and receiving love, you're allowing God to love through you and you're allowing God to, you're receiving love from God from somebody else. It is in that place, ladies and gentlemen, that your blessings are manifested. You can't say, well, you know, I'm accountable to God and I only answer to God and I'm sure you can. But that is you loving God and, and being connected to Him. But it's only one half of the, the commandment. He's linked a community of imperfect people who have different characteristics, different personalities, different expressions. And he's saying, can you get over yourself so that you can allow, so that you can allow my love to flow through your life? And a lot of us have needs, but you don't understand that your need is met by the people sitting on your left and your right. So be nice to them. Actually like them. Because they, your blessing is linked with them. The people that are in your life group is no joke. God has divinely connected you to those people. The next breakthrough is in you receiving and giving love at your next life group. It's no joke. It's no joke. You've got to understand, I need to be plugged into a life group. I need to be plugged into this church. Why? Because I'm receiving truth for my breakthrough. I'm receiving truth that sets me free. See, when you decide to love, listen to me carefully, ladies and gentlemen. When you make a choice to love, I'm, I'm making my, my husband and my wife has so many flaws. The fact that you recognize the flaws in them says that those flaws actually exist in you. I don't know, man. I'm preaching really good today. (laughs) 
The reason why you recognize sin as sin is because it exists on the inside of you. What if I told you that sin doesn't exist? How would you look at the, 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 uh, the, the expression of people that are in your life group and in your family? How would you consider it? What would you consider it to be? Oh, well, you know, this behavior is, is not of God. Well, who, I, I didn't know God put you in his place to make that judgment. When he took sin on that cross, completely paid for it. It does not exist. I think I just said something that... Sin does not exist. I'm going to say it till you get it. Sin does not exist in the new covenant. We can't walk around calling people sinners when Christ died for them and gave his life for them. Sure, they're, they're, they're work in progress. They're going through the same process that you are. But see, when you begin to recognize that when their flaws cause you to give love, you've matured. Let's stand up. Let's stand up. So we're going we're gonna to take a few minutes right now. Wherever you are, I just want you to put your, your hand on your neighbor right now. On your left and your right. And I want you to invite a revelation of love into your heart and also that God would reveal it in your neighbor's heart. Just begin to, right now, just begin to invite love, the revelation of love. Love already exists on the inside of you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not preaching. I'm not going to give you an impartation of love. You already have it. It's just that you did not have a revelation that love exists on the inside of you. You did not recognize that patience ex exists on the inside of you. Long-suffering, gentleness, kindness already exists on the inside of you. It's just that you thought you had to work for it, but actually it already exists on the inside of you. Right now you're asking God for a spirit of revelation to fall upon you so that your eyes can see love operating in you. Just do that right now. Say, God, open my eyes. Open my eyes to recognize your love in me. I'm tired of seeing the flaws in people. I'm tired of seeing the flaws in the world. All the flaws that I see are opportunity for me to pour out your love. Now I want you, as you've connected to that love, I want you to begin to pour it out into your neighbor right now. Say, Holy Spirit, I just release this love. I release your love into the neighbor right now. Love, love my neighbor. 
And as you're doing that, the, you begin to sense and feel like a river just beginning to, like a well that's beginning to well up on the inside of you. I want you right now to just say these words. Say, Holy Spirit, I give complete control of my life into your hands. I surrender my mind, my body, and my spirit. And I ask for love to reveal itself to me. And God, I ask you to open the eyes of the people in my community to recognize your love in me. And open my eyes, God, to recognize your love in the community you have placed me in. In Jesus' name, Amen.